0: Hi, I'm Ayelet Marinovich. Welcome back to Strength in Words, a family enrichment program for parents, caregivers, and infants and toddlers of all developmental
1: levels. Each week we get together to sing a few songs, discuss some ideas for play, outline some insight about early development, and talk about life as a parent or caregiver in those early years of parenthood. This series is time for you to be together and to feel like you're doing something good for and with your baby, small child, or multiple young children. Please follow your child's lead. Many of our episodes are recorded with a live virtual audience and followed by question and answer workshops with our guests. To be part of the next live workshop, you can start your free trial of the Strength in Words Community Lab
0: by heading to community.strengthinwords.com. I am my mother of two young children and a pediatric speech-language pathologist. I specialize in work
1: with very young children, but this is not to be confused with speech therapy. This is what I call family enrichment. All suggested activities are meant to be enjoyed by your baby under close adult supervision. For a more complete story of Strength in Words, please listen to my introduction episode or visit my website, strengthandwords.com. If you enjoy this episode, I hope you'll take just a moment of your time to leave a review on iTunes. This allows us to reach more families and to share our values of education, simplicity, and respect when it comes to early learning and early parenthood.
0: Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here today. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here. We can start by singing hello to the people who are with us. Hello to I yell it, hello to the singers, hello, 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 hello to the babies, hello to the toddlers, hello, hello, hello. Since I don't know your name, I'll help you sing the song and you can fill it in. Ready? Hello to your child's name, hello to your name, hello, 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 everybody, hello, everybody, it's nice to see you here. Today we are speaking with Wendy McKenna, a pediatrics physical therapist, family coach, and founder of Move, Play, Grow. Let's give her a special welcome. Hello, to Wendy. Hello, to Wendy. Hello, 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 hello. Hello, to all our new friends. Hello, to all our old friends. Hello, hello, hello. One last time. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here today. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you
1: here. Welcome to episode 55 of the Strength in Words podcast. Today, I am speaking with Wendy McKenna, a pediatric physical therapist, family coach, and founder of Move, Play, Grow. Wendy merges the science of infant and child development with the art and energy of daily living to support parents to create, trust, and live their authentic vision, to connect deeply with themselves and their family, and to love and nurture their babies and children profoundly. She's also the mother of three incredible unique beings. So, Wendy, welcome to Strength in Words.
2: Thank you, Ayala. It's wonderful to be here. We're so happy
1: to have you. I'm finally having you. I've been on a couple of your projects, and I'm just so happy that we are connected. It's wonderful. So, I've asked you yeah. to come onto the show today, to speak about some of the reasons why movement is so very important for our tiny people. But first, I would love to hear just a little bit about your journey into sort of new parent education, because I know that you and I really share a very strong belief in that power of play and connection. So tell us just a bit about how you got to the work that you're doing today.
2: Cool. Well, awesome. Well, thanks again for having me and welcome everyone who's here online. I'm really excited to be here with all of you. I am a pediatric physical therapist by trade and I've been doing it in the clinic for 18 years now, which has been incredible. And I knew that it would be somewhat good mommy training once I, you know, jumped into that uh, realm and but I had no idea how much it would actually help. Me. But then it also helped me to shift too because as a therapist, a lot of times we are trained look at the gap and we are trained to help kids fill the gap and we are helped to train parents help their kids fill the gap the problem with that is that our focus is on the gap right (laughs) not really honoring and believing and trusting that where we are today is truly enough Mm. and so When my first baby was born and we had a very challenging birth and she was born blue and they had to do deep suctioning and she went right to the NICU nurses, you know, before she came over to me, you know, this is the path that many of my children who I treat in the clinic take.
0: Yeah.
2: So I was terrified. And immediately got into therapy mode. (laughs) loved her as a mother does but was always looking for the sequelae of neuro impairment Mm. because I know that's the path for so many of the babies that I see in clinic and so from the very beginning with my oldest saw the gap, treated the gap (laughs) and missed out on a lot of the mommying, missed out on a lot of the love and the true connection in seeing her for who she is um, rather than trying to fix her. She is now 11 and I'm seeing that some of my ways of being with her when she was a young infant and a young toddler have brought into it some self-confidence issues with her. Mm -hmm. Not feeling worthy, not feeling enough. And I just kind of went, oh my God, what have I done? (laughs) And at the same time, giving myself grace because that's the best that I knew then and I've learned a lot Um, and I used to say things like when I would learn something new I'd be like oh well too late for that one let's have another baby try over (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's why we have number two and number three but (laughs) you know even with number three who's now five like there's still going to be things that I'm going to come across and go I wish I had known this then and at the same time what's so wonderful about bringing the science into all of this mm-hmm. is that the science itself is shifting. The culture of science of looking for the gap, looking for what's wrong is shifting. Yes. So now we are seeing research coming out saying these who these beings are. How do we nurture them to be even bigger, you know, so that they're growing? We're not searching, we're growing. And this place of being is so much more beautiful than looking for and living in the gap. And I think so many of us do live in that gap. And if we get the opportunity to shift out and truly believe in your heart and soul that you are enough and that through, like, just simple things in your daily life, simple tweaks of what you're doing and the way that you're being can make all the difference for you and your kids.
0: Yay! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what i <I'm> doing. <laughs> so
2: I'm living this. I'm living this dream daily. It's a daily practice. It doesn't just come to you, aha.
0: Mm-hmm. You
2: know, it's, it's, you get to create a vision for yourself and for your family. You get to create mantras for yourself and for your family. And you get to be in alignment with the way you are mm-hmm. and what you do. prioritize the things in your life that are in alignment with that and, and get into that true authentic knowing that you're enough and that what you're doing is supporting your bigger dream.
1: Yes, exactly. That's it. That's totally it. All right. Okay. So that's the big picture.
2: picture.
1: Let's get down to the nitty gritty here. Why is movement so important for infants and toddlers? In five seconds or less. Just kidding.
2: (laughs) So, form follows function and behavior becomes biology. Okay. Um, I had the um, ability to take adaptive biology courses and and kinesthesia courses in in college, but it is so true that we are built from the skeleton and, and the muscles that attach to that skeleton to move a certain way. And so the development of the skeleton as it is related to movement and how the brain is related to controlling that movement everything is a unit and so what we tend to do is kind of think about our kids brains a lot we want to you know develop the brain and we want them to have social emotional health and we want them to have cognitive and learning health and you know all the stuff those are really the top two things that that a lot of parents are really looking for is the social emotional and the cognitive right and it's almost like we've separated the head from the body. Yes. You can't have social, emotional health or cognitive health unless you're integrated with your body. And so when we put our babies in containers, you know, we can talk about containers all we want, but, you know, those things that you see from floor to ceiling and big box baby stores that, yeah. you know, prop your baby into positions that they themselves cannot get to because they love being there. Mm-hmm. And thank goodness they love being there because they have to work so hard to get there. Right? Mm-hmm. They are Olympic athletes, these Zero to twelve-month-old babies—they go from like these, you know, totally dependent, can't do anything against gravity, to these awesome, you know, toddling around, like exploring and falling. on the road if you end up missing it but why do that if you can just get it done the first time around? from the very so, beginning let yes. your baby move create spaces that are safe for them to move let them be on the floor and when they are not on the floor wear them mm. as much as you can because wearing them rather than putting them in devices they are close to you getting that connection they are feeling and responding to human movement. Mm-hmm. If there's skin to skin contact, you've got more regulation skills that are happening, not just with temperature regulation, but heartbeat, breathing, being, you know, cause they're close to you. Mm-hmm. And, and it's always going to be different because the way that you move is different and yeah. they get to feel human movement versus being in a plastic container where it's always the same thing every single time. Right. So the hallmark of, development is variety and variability. Right. So the more that we can provide them the opportunity to explore that variety and variability, the more they're going to tap into that.
1: Exactly. And this is not to say, I mean, I think a lot of us use those containers because they help save our own brains and bodies and lives in certain moments. This is an education for us, right? This is an education for parents. This is the why behind, you know, you hear this all the time. Oh, well, don't put your baby in a container. Well, here's why. And then once we understand the sort of scientific background behind all of that, then we get to make those decisions for ourselves. We get to decide, okay, what are those negotiables for me? What is in this very moment? What is the easiest thing? the best thing, the best thing for my family and for my baby's development. And you know what? If putting a child in a container for a few minutes at a time is the best thing for you in that moment so you can get dinner on the table and everyone can relax, that's okay. What we're talking about is habits and general behaviors. So yes, the the hallmark is variety. I think that's so important.
2: And and so, and the thing is, is that, you know, I've walked into, provide variety by having all the different containers right so you have the sitter you have the stander you have the swing you have the bouncer and it's like i'm giving my baby all these things yes so that they can develop and just so you know like that's not how babies develop so we need to help them have the foundation of how to control movement forward backward yes. how to control movement side to side and how to control movement in rotation so those are the three planes on which we move And when you see somebody walking down the street or you see an Olympic athlete doing their thing or any sort of like crazy dance, I I love watching dancers. I mean, they make it look effortless. And the reason that they can make it look effortless is because they have control Mm -hmm. on all of those planes of motion. And we can give that control to our babies. Our babies are supposed to have that control on the floor by the time they are six months old.
1: That's amazing.
2: ...month-old on the ground has complete head control, which means they could sequentially roll across the room without their head ever hitting the floor. They can defy gravity into planks that you wouldn't be able to hold, <laughs> right? They are doing baby squatting. And see, babies aren't doing this as much anymore these days because mm. they aren't getting that floor time. Mm. And if they are on the floor, a lot of the times it's not on their tummy mm-hmm. and where they really do develop, you know, a lot of their muscles and and so we can dive more into that if you want to right but, you know, the idea is that we really need to allow them the opportunity to develop and to yeah. move and if they're in a container they are contained.
1: Yes, that's what it comes down to. All right, Wendy, we are going to take a break to hear a word from our sponsor, and then we are going to hear a few tips and resources from Wendy about her best tips for incorporating more movement and play experiences into our lives with our infants and toddlers. We were not meant to parent in isolation. The Strength in Words Community Lab brings you peace of mind. You have what matters when you need it most. We are your parenting brain trust the place where you can have adult conversations about your baby's babbling, and where you're lifted up rather than bogged down. If you're a parent or caregiver with an infant or toddler, we are both an early parent support and parent education hub. We're a group of families connected by the shared experience of early parenthood and strong believers in the notion that co-parenting in a positive, nurturing environment can make us each stronger. The Community Lab is an all-in-one resource that is not one-sized-fits-all. To join us in finding joy in the mayhem, take your one-week free trial at community.strengthenwords.com. Okay, Wendy, let's hear those tips. So for me as a speech-language pathologist, that sort of communication piece came very naturally to me, but I was less familiar with the motor milestones when I had my first baby. So I would love it if you could give us sort of a set of, you know, a few ideas about positive ways that we can be physical with our infants and toddlers, maybe just give us a nice, you know, fresh set of ideas and easy tips to integrate movement into the kinds of activities that we may already be doing with our little ones.
2: So starting with the youngest one, you know, that fourth trimester and and while your baby is still in a diaper taking the opportunity for the diaper changing table to be a place of play and movement. And it's not just a place to get rid of icky diapers. (laughs) And so, you know, my babies ended up being the happiest on the changing table because they were awake, they were fed, and they were getting cleaned, and they got to be naked for a while. So um, when, and I wish, you know, I might be able to back up because I have, you know what, I'm going to jump out of the screen really quick (laughs) because I want to show you my doll. This is Max. So I get to show everybody. Okay, so say hi, Max.
1: All right, so for all of you listening to the podcast, Wendy's holding up an adorable baby-sized doll.
2: So so basically, our babies are small enough to pick up in place. Pick up in place. So we pick them up, we place them somewhere. We pick them up, we place them somewhere. Mm -hmm. So instead of just picking them up and placing them somewhere, take a moment to pause to think, how would you move from point A to point B? So when I'm getting out of bed in the morning, I'm not all of a sudden magically on my feet. And yet this is what happens with our babies. They're lying down, and then magically they're just upright in your arms. And it's like, mm-hmm. how did I get here? And so it's a sensory experience of that. First, is a little bit overwhelming and jarring. It's almost like a giant coming behind you and just picking you up. Um, but then also that the, the movement experience that you could be um, ha- helping them and facilitating with them is lost. Yeah. And so it's not about adding something new to your repertoire. It's about tweaking what you're already doing. So instead of just placing, I'm going to back up a little bit, instead of just placing your baby down on the changing table straight like this, what I recommend is if you're holding them here, you place them on their bottom, right? Because so they're in a sitting here, position. Mm-hmm. In
1: In an embrace position. Because it is a routine. You're adding movement exactly. into your caregiving routine. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. So same sort of thing, you know, if we're doing singing, which is the forward-backward plane, which is where we live our lives, yeah. and our eyes are in the front of our head, yeah. so we really do live in this sagittal plane. It takes a lot more effort yeah. to think about moving side to side or to think about moving in rotation, unless you are an mm. athlete, dancer, or, you know, someone who uses their body mm. regularly. And so, if you just think about, okay, we want to we want to move on all these planes, rather than just lifting baby's legs up and lowering them to change the diaper, rolling to the side, undoing this side, rolling to the other side, undo this side, rolling to the side again, clean the, whatever needs to be cleaned. You know, you're, you're rolling back and forth. Yeah. And so, what happens with that is that you get to have play time during, this is play, yeah. right? Like, this is... So my husband would always make fun of me because my day for changes would take thirty minutes or forty five minutes. And like, what are you doing up there? And I'm like, Oh, I'm playing with babies But you know? but it's where they're the happiest. Now if your baby's not happy on the changing table, like don't do this. Right. right. You know, it's it, for us it, it it worked well. But um, the thing about the changing tables nowadays they often block you from doing this because yeah. you have those contoured pads which they keep baby in the straight jacket. it's for safety, because baby doesn't want to roll off, they are also on changing tables that are horizontal to the wall, so that you're at baby's side, yes. rather than at their feet, yes, so if you're always changing baby from this side, guess who's developing asymmetrically, right, <laughs> right, right. The baby's always going to be looking at you this way, yeah, always, right, their, so, their if, neck
1: is always turned to you,
2: mm-hmm. always, so if you get them into symmetry that's what we're trying to do Mm. if i've tried to change baby from the other side i can't do it (laughs) because we as adults are one-sided we just need to make sure that we're not imposing our one-sidedness onto our baby so so if you kind of think about being awkward like let yourself feel awkward like do it on the your awkward side first then move it over Mm. but really what we're trying to do is impact our babies and understanding that we move more than just forward backwards babies understand forward backward where they get stuck in side to side and rotation and that's where a majority of not just patients but clients who otherwise thought oh yeah my baby's rolling over it's like well how are they rolling over i just did a a facebook live on this yesterday are they pushing their head into the back of the ground to like flip their body over or are they actually like you know doing a little crunch and coming over and most of them are extending backwards into the ground these days and so it's not just that you move it's how you move and That's why, you know, I'm I'm getting out there with these finer details. And it's once you understand it and and the why behind it, you just, you integrate it into what you're already doing during the day. Yes. It becomes the play. Yes. And because movement is play. The routine that you have with the tasks, those are play. And it all comes from not just what you're doing, but how you're doing it and the energy you bring to it. I get to change the baby. It's my favorite time of day because baby is the happiest. And we get to have naked time because they love being naked. Like, you just, you get to look forward to things that would otherwise be like, this sucks. Right, right.
1: My baby found his feet during diaper time. We had sometimes a mirror on the wall behind the changing station. And I want to say also to make it very clear to people that, Wendy, you're not advocating that we all need to go out and buy the very expensive diaper changing tables oftentimes that are forward facing, right? Because there are hacks, number one. And number two, um, you can do it on the floor as one of our community members suggested in the chat here. Yeah, exactly. It gives us both more movement variety. Also, I oftentimes, the way that I set up my side lying diaper changing station is that I can actually do it from the bottom of it so that I can decide, right? And actually, I'm left handed and my husband's right handed. So that's another way, like, because I'll do it one way and then when my husband's changing him, he does it on the other side. So, uh, and then also, like, adding a mirror to look at on the other side so that baby can have something else to sort of focus on. Um, yeah, and then, like, funny. infant massage is a great thing to do. Sorry, I'm just, like, there's yeah. so many things that you can there's do so just and with a the diaper yeah, change.
2: Once baby's naked, definitely getting some of that yeah. massage in. Windows,
1: sands, yeah.
2: mirrors, lights. I mean, if, if your baby's always looking one direction, you, you kind of switch them around to help yeah. them look the other way, you know. There's so many ways to look for symmetry, but really being at their feet and looking up at them so that they get that nice downward visual gaze um, helps to bring everything into midline. And what we're looking for is that symmetry by the time they're four months old.
1: Okay. Good to know. Fantastic. Okay. What other little tips do you have for us? So just creating safe spaces around the house, anywhere. It's
2: like, you know, some people have a play space for baby to be and that's fine, and if you want baby to be next to you, you can create a safe place for them to be there. So I have a lily pad mat that goes on the floor, and that lily pad mat is their spot. And before they move off the spot, it just can be right there next to me. Mm-hmm. It was for the the bath mat or whatever, so they can, you know. So I learned. I finally learned how to take a shower with baby awake for my my third. Time. Around. It took me three babies to figure out that I could actually take a shower when they were awake.
1: Well, you also may have had a baby the third time around that was more co- conducive to that, as I have learned now from having two. It's but yeah, it's it's also the little tricks that you didn't know the first time
0: around. <laughs> yeah,
2: so having a drawer that's there. Yeah. Know, creating yes environments yeah. where you really you really go through and if you can't do it by yourself bring a company in to baby proof your home Mm -hmm. and and so because once you baby proof your home you're not going to be the no mom and the no dad anymore like you're going to let them explore and because you're it's going to be a safe environment for them to explore and then taking them outside you know before baby is even walking like take them outside let them let them go on the grass let them go on the dirt let them be at the playground on hands and knees you know just Being outside just as an entire other element of everything. So I see our houses as big containers.
1: (laughs) Yes, it's it's, It's true. I think my fourteen-month-old would definitely agree with you.
2: (laughs) So, so it so within our house we have that ways of being. Yes. Right. You know, each room is for a different thing, Mm. and this is what we do. how we act, and this is how we sound when we're in our house. Well, we get to throw those rules out the window when we're outside. Yeah. Right? No whole farts. Like, as long as you know that you're in a safe you're in a safe environment, and, you know, obviously safety comes first, like, then let them explore. There's nothing wrong with a baby mouthing a pine cone. Right. You know, a, or an acorn that's big enough that's not going to be, like, chokeable size. Right. Like, and this is
1: you know, at a very safe distance at arm's reach so that you can intervene if something happens.
2: But, you know but letting them lead and this is mm-hmm. where so much of what we feel like we get to show them the world like oh baby I can't wait to show you the world yeah. this is going to be amazing give play give your baby the opportunity to let them show you their world yes
1: oh that's a quotable quote yeah that's yeah. great
2: so so We're always doing, 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 like providing, 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 talking, talking, talking. Like we are doing so many adult directed activities to them. Mm -hmm. We're like doing to them all the time. Yeah. But we don't, we don't let them be. And then we wonder why everyone's stressed all the time. (laughs) 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 Like, because if I'm always trying to do, do, do for baby and baby's always trying to receive, receive, receive. And like, it's just too much for everyone. Mm -hmm. When mommy feels overwhelmed, baby feels overwhelmed. So getting back into, you again. This brings us way back to the very top. What are your vision is, what you're wanting. Mm. And just I know my baby just came down. Um (laughs) no, honey, can you can you please go in another do you want to say hi quickly and then go back upstairs? (laughs) Right now is not I know, I know you want to go on the blue swing and oh no, and right now is not the time for time. I know. It's tricky.
1: Do you guys hear what she just did there? That's awesome. She goes I know that you want to do this and we're not going to do it instead of, but that was great. Wendy, that's um, thank
2: you. I use all the time. When I got rid of, butt, yeah. it was like a life changing.
1: It's huge. <laughs> so
2: buddy, so because, because when you use, but you just disqualified them. Yeah. You basically said, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, okay. So, so that's so funny that you guys got to hear that. But, um, it's great. Yeah, so other one is i never no i can't say never because it's still a practice right um i have switched the word have to to get to for everything nice so what you will find when you go through the day and you hear yourself talking you hear yourself thinking you hear other moms talking you will hear i have to do this i've got to do this i've got to do this i have to be here i have to you know that is heavy yeah that's yucky that's like I don't really want to do it, but I'm going to have to do it anyway, because this was expected of me, and blah, blah, blah. so if it's something that truly needs to be on your to-do list, then you get to do it,
1: yeah.
2: and when you get to do it, you get to bring a lightness to it, just that switch in the, in the word makes, you know, it's just, it's, um, it makes all the difference, it's, words are so incredibly powerful, and you know this exactly <laughs> so incredibly powerful yes. so that switch just brings the energy back up again you know and allowing them to feel he was pissed at me right now mm-hmm. he looked at me he gave me dagger eyes you know and, and I'm really glad that he didn't strike out at me because we've been working on like not hitting and kicking um <laughs> Not trying to say, oh, don't be mad at mommy. You know, I told you that I needed to be here, but say, yeah, yeah, you're mad because you want me to be with
1: you. You acknowledge their feelings. Yeah, exactly. We recently had um, Tracy Kutchlow on the podcast Uh, and she talked all about, you know, the language of listening and using these sort of say what you see and qualifying statements. And yeah, it's, it's great. Awesome. I know. Well, and again, like Wendy, you and I, of course could go on and on and on about the interconnectedness of early learning and the holistic nature of how infants and toddlers and beyond learn. But um, I know we have, we have one topic today, so we'll go back to it.
2: So can can I just talk about toys really quick? Yeah. Okay. So, so when thinking about toys and things for your babies to play with, don't think about well, think your baby is a mechanical engineer. They are not an electrical engineer yet. They <laughs> plenty of time yeah. to be able to figure out electronics. Okay, so right now, baby's figuring out what gravity is, how things work, taking things apart, discovering them, manipulating them, and so really getting into, you know, toys that are open-ended. They don't have, like, a cause and effect push button, mm-hmm. right? You know, so that that a four-year-old could play with the same thing that a nine-month-old is playing with could be the same thing that an 11-year-old is playing with. You know, and balls, blocks come to mind. Exactly. Um, They're all going to be playing with them in different ways. Yes. But when you're outside, especially, and even a little bit inside, big, awkward, and heavy. Nice. If you think of big, awkward, and heavy as things that baby is going to get to play with, they are going to work their bodies. <laughs> they are going to work their imagination. They are going to work their just like their sensory system, um, because it is only through through maximum use of our bodies that we really get the full effect of what our bodies can do. Yep. And and for instance, um, out in our backyard, we went to the brickyard in our local area, and we got a pallet of bricks. Yeah. Okay. So the kids get to play with bricks. And. You know, every once in a while, the brick is going to fall on somebody's toe. It's going to happen, right? You know, so we do kind of have a rule of please wear your shoes. And if you don't wear your shoes, you're going to get hurt, yep. you know, which has happened. Yep. <laughs> so, but, and that's okay. Yep. Because, you know, they, they're, they're going to learn through experience. They're not going to learn by me telling them, you know. <laughs>
1: Regardless of whether or not you have a pallet of bricks in your backyard, right? Right, right. <laughs>
2: and so the other thing that we got is I wanted some stuff in the back of my house just to kind of have as, big lily pads are things to, you know, jump on or yeah. roll on or whatever. And so we have four big log stumps in our backyard and they get rolled around all over the place and they push them up the hill and they stand on them and they jump from them and they make them further and further apart. So it's more tricky. You know I mean? It's, they come up with all of these great activities that are, you know, full of imagination. Yes. And then the final piece of this is from an early age, get the peers together because kids learn from kids much better than they learn from us. Yeah. And so the mixed age thing is fabulous. You know, Montessori classrooms already do this, which I love, but, you know, you can do this, you know, be the, like we are the, the grand central station in, in our community. Like our door is always open. We've always got people coming in and out because I, as mommy, am trying to push my 9-year-old and my 11 out- out- 11-year-old outside to play, and it's just the two of them like, oh, come on, mom. I don't want to go. Live. I don't want my outside time right now. I mean, they just you know they just give me all the attitude in the world. As soon as a friend comes over, I never find them. Right. They're gone. They're gone. <laughs> so, you know, so, like, take a lot of the load off of you. You, as the mom, don't have to do this stuff. Create the environment for it to Happen easily, because with ease you get out of overwhelm, mm. which is so much of what we moms feel as overwhelm and pulled in so many different directions. So invite yourself to really be in ease, and finding strategies that help you to do that is key. Tears help you to do that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, yes. Exactly. That's what we're doing here, guys. <laughs> yes.
2: are not meant to do this alone and yet we live in a culture where our very declaration of our country has independence in it so i mean it is ingrained in our culture that we are strong and we can do this and we're going to be superman. and like you know we're independent like no who wants to do that that's not fun (laughs) like it's it's not community it's not connection it's not being human you know and and, and I talk about this a lot, like we go to school for 12, 16, 20 years to get ready for quote-unquote real life, which is basically jobs, <laughs> right? Okay. Who has ever taught us how to be human? Who has ever taught us how to be a partner or a spouse? Who has ever taught us how to be a parent? The only thing that we have to go off of is our experience of yes. that, and so what we tend to do is either embrace what we have learned or reject There's no happy medium, and there's no growth there. You're basically just on a single track. And so Mm. that's why, I mean, there are lots of things that I don't like about technology, but this is the one thing that I do love. Exactly. Through the internet like this, we're actually going to walk across the street and and knock on our neighbor's door. Yeah. Like, that is my hope, and that's the community that I'm building right now. Exactly. much like you're building, Mm -hmm. is that, you know, we have the support online, but really it's about stepping out of some of your of fear and stepping into courage and literally opening your door to the neighborhood, knocking on neighbor's doors, getting street parties back together again, you know, the spontaneous play date, you yeah. know, doing community organizations so that your communities are friendly for kids out on the street again. And, you know, that kids seen wandering aren't like don't have to wear a tag that says I'm a free range kid, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yes. because it's what happens yeah. now, yeah. right? Have, like their parents say, "Oh, be back by sundown." Yeah, like, that's how I was growing up. Yep. I mean, it just—I got my homework done. I couldn't wait to go outside, and sometimes I did it before I finished my homework. You know, <laughs> you know, it's just get outside. And then our schools, you know, just really—we've got the research that shows how much we need. Yes, in order to incorporate what we learn, research is there. Finland. Yep. is implementing our research. Done in the US. Finland's doing it. And guess who's number one in the world
1: in the, in education? Not America.
2: Finland. <laughs> yeah. right? You know what they do in their schools? They have fifteen minutes of recess every forty five minutes of instruction. Yeah.
1: Because that's what the research says. That's
2: what the research says that our kids need. Yeah. So we are so backwards right yeah. now and, yeah. and really believing and understanding at the like heart and core that play, free play. Movement, getting outside is the answer to so much. Beautiful. You're going to get the cognitive stuff. The social-emotional stuff and the cognitive comes from moving. Yeah. It comes from playing games. It comes from being with your peers and experiencing. Nobody at the front of the room, I went to a great talk last night by Dr. Michelle Borba, and she was talking about, like, the one thing that our kids need is empathy. and, and, And there's this, like, mindfulness, like, where the third graders were all on the ground and they had this blanket out in front of them and they were all very quiet. And so Dr. Borba came in and they're like, our teacher is about to come in. Like, you need to be quiet. You've got to have a smile on because she doesn't like it if you don't smile. And you've got to be very attentive. Don't say a word because she will get upset. And so, you know, and so Dr. Borba was like, who is this Huh? I already know,
1: but and maybe somebody else can guess. Does
2: anybody know who walked through the door?
1: You can write it in the chat if you
2: like. I'll give you a second. Five, four, three, two, one. Drum roll! It was a baby. It was a baby. So they brought the baby in. The baby got to be on the on the mat, and through the that she's happy well she's clapping her hands okay oh oh look she's getting frustrated oh why do you think she's frustrated what makes you think she feels frustrated oh she's got this grimace on her face like this oh look she's about to cry so all of these kids are like making comments about you know the baby and what's going on and one of the little boys leaned over to michelle borba and and said we're teaching the baby empathy (laughs) <laughs> I was almost like, oh, really? Who's, you, who's learning empathy here? But I, so the kids really felt that they were they were leading. Yes. They weren't just learning it. They were leading it. And that, you can't teach that from the top of the room. No. You can't.
1: Exactly. You
2: know, it comes from the peers. It comes from the kids. And the right facilitated questions from the adults, yes. but letting the kids lead. So... And it's all through movement. The baby didn't tell them with words. Right. It was all through body language. It was all through movement. It was all through facial expressions. And if our kids don't have the opportunity to practice that movement, those facial expressions, the recognition of that on other people's faces and bodies, we're going to lose it. And we are losing
1: it. It's interesting that you say that because I think people often don't associate that kind of communication with movement because they are completely, again, totally interrelated. Right. Those facial expressions, those body movements, body language, that is communication development and motor development and cognitive development, right? Because it's problem solving and showing and cause and effect, because I'm showing you that I do this, you're reacting, mom, dad, whatever. And, and of course, it's also social emotional development because we're feeding off each other. This is interaction. So again, love it. Yes. All right. Wendy, what kinds of resources can you share with us? Can you share a couple of your favorites for movement, play, and everything else that you've discussed today?
2: I always like going to pathways.org. It's one of my favorites. And then the zero to three.org website is another great one. And then through our local community, we have a consortium of schools called We Care. And through those schools, we bring in speakers. Oh, cool. And so last night, Dr. Michelle Borba was one of those speakers. And we have three speakers a year. But, you know, I, I love Dr. Laura Markham. I follow her. You know, Dr. Now, I'm going to follow Dr. Borba. I mean, it's just, you know, you, you end up finding things that resonate with you. Yeah. And um, and then don't get don't get so overwhelmed with following a hundred things. Like, find what resonates with you and stick with it. Yeah. And at the same time, this isn't about Searching for things to fill the gap. Yes. This is about finding where you fit, where you belong, and allowing yourself to grow with a community. Mm -hmm. And letting each other, like, you are enough the way you are today, right? Just really, really, and that's so hard. It's so hard. It was so hard for me to grasp that because. You know, I always wanted it to be better and like yeah. we could we could be healthier with our food. We could be doing more, you know, you know, outside time. Like, you know, but just take a deep breath. <laughs> Movement, right? Yeah. Ground yourself with this beautiful earth that that just feeds us and nourishes us and lifts us up all the time. It's there for us all the time. And just know that you are supposed to be a part of it. You, your, your unique gift, your, your heart, like, you're enough. You're That's it. it. That's it. And, and so find other people who are going to help you to see that in you. Find other people who are going to lift you up and help you hold yourself to your highest vision of yourself. That is what accountability is. Accountability is not about checking the boxes of whether or not you did A, B, and C. No. That's not what accountability is. And community, it brings accountability, but it brings the accountability through helping you to live the life that you want. I've I've talked to so many moms about the vision that they had for what family life was going to be like, and then the kids came along. (laughs) <laughs> right. Right? So it's like, it all goes out the window, and it's like, why does it need to go out the window? So what is it that you really want? And, and when I ask them, what is it that you really want, a lot of people really haven't gone very deep into that. And the, the issue with that is if you don't go deep enough with what it is that you want, you're never going to get there. Hmm. Because you don't have a very, very clear picture of where you want to go, which then gives you very, very clear picture of who you need to be right now take those steps right and not only to get there but to actually live it as if you're already there
1: right working yes. backwards and and using those tools that we hear about those sort of positive affirmations and and positive ways that we want to we want to be speaking to our children when I think what you're saying when when we work backwards like that then it's much easier to utilize those tools but it's always going to be a struggle because we're human
2: <laughs> up, right? Yeah. Like I'm not good enough and, and I really should be doing this. The, the really powerful visualization that I that I now have I've gone through a lot of personal development and leadership work now is I've created this vision of myself that whenever I start beating up on myself for not being enough, I picture myself doing it to one of my kids.
1: Yes, I do the because same. Because
2: that's exactly yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. When you beat yourself up, you are showing up beating yourself up, which is essentially beating your kids. So if you want to shift out of that quickly, think about you saying it to your child. Yeah. And you stop doing it to yourself because you are enough. All of you here are enough. All of us are enough. And when we truly embody that that's the case, we let our kids know that they are enough and that we love them and that we all get to grow together. But, again, we get to focus on the here and now where we are rather than scrambling and searching Gap.
1: Beautiful. I love it, Wendy. Thank you. Where can we find you online for people who would like to hear more from you?
2: Yeah. So um, I'm at moveplaygrow.com. To get in touch with me, I'll have a contact form on the website. And then I'm in the process right now of building a, a community called Family Fundamentals with Fund Capitalized. And it's really geared towards mamas and babies um, who are either pregnant or in the zero to 12 yeah. months. Stage. so awesome. i'm building that now so if that sounds interesting to you you know just reach out to me through the through the website and um, and we can connect so. very
1: cool thanks so much wendy and thanks to all of our community lab members who are listening live we are going to continue the discussion and open up for a q a session for you guys in just a minute and for everyone listening from home or on the go thanks so much for being here and we will see you next
0: time Thanks for being here. See you later. What will you do the rest of your day? Goodbye to the babies. Goodbye to the toddlers. Goodbye, bigger kids. Goodbye, all the siblings. Goodbye to the grown-ups. Goodbye to the singers. Goodbye, I yelled. Goodbye to Wendy. We laughed and we played. We're getting very clever. This is what counts being here together. Thanks so much, everyone. Do you like the hello and goodbye songs we feature on each episode? You can find those and a whole host of other songs on our Strength and Words Music
1: for Families album, available for purchase straight from our website at strengthinwords.com
0: backslash music for families, or on iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Digital Music. If you would like to hear more about what we're doing here at Strength in
1: Words, you can do so by heading to StrengthenWords.com and joining our free e-course Strength in Words Weekly. There, you can receive simple activity ideas and developmental information applicable to your infant or toddler's age to maximize the connection between you and your baby and to bring you peace of mind, you have the resources you need right at your fingertips. If you haven't yet done so, please leave a review of the Strength in Words podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. That helps other people find the good work we're doing. Don't forget to check out community.strengthinwords.com, your content and community hub that supports and nurtures you so you can nurture your tiny humans. Come take a free trial on me. See you next time.